Welcome to Six Pack Discussions, where Cody and Jared take on the biggest, most talked about headlines with logic, passion, and a six pack of beer. If you're listening, we challenge you to take an unbiased view of the world, because we know these conversations are complicated. So sit down, crack a beer, and welcome a new perspective. Okay, coming in with a new episode, guys, from Six Pack Discussions. Just opened up our first beer right now. We are drinking Summer summer Break IPA uh, from Sierra Nevada. We'll give you guys a uh, rating and a little bit about it here in about 20 minutes. Jared, what are we talking about today? Today we're going to be talking about parental leave. Um, you know, this this is a uh, often debated topic as far as, you know, what companies should offer it. Um, you know, primarily led by, you know, the Googles and the Facebooks of the world and really these larger companies that are kind of touting their parental leave programs to include both men and women. So yeah. we're going to talk about probably a little bit, I know I'm going to bring up the small business aspect of it, a few different statistics about that, and uh, you know maybe kind of the pros and cons, and yeah, maybe no, go no. a way forward. I love it. Um, you know, I was I'm watching a lot of videos, uh, TED talks. There's actually about like five or six TED talks. Did you see the one in uh, the guy from Japan? Yeah, 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 yeah. The Japanese guy yeah, that took um, his woman's uh, took the woman's last name. He's really promoting yeah. gender equality. Yeah. Yep. Watched his. He took seven months of of uh, paternal paternity yeah. leave, right? So male taking it for the, the birth of his child said that it was um, fantastic form. Also watched a couple other Ted talks and you know, I've watched a lot of tech talks like in my life. I've listened to a lot of their um, like uh, podcasts as well. I think I saw the very, the worst one I've ever seen. It was actually kind of weird. It wasn't like the TEDx either. It was like a legit one. Um, uh, a woman was trying to convey um, a lot of the values and why parental leave is great. And we'll get to, you know, what we think about it for sure. But she was doing such a hard, horrible job and she was jumping all around. And I was like, okay, is this just a hard conversation? You know, I was kind of beginning researching. Then I watched another TED Talk. There's about five of these that I, I saw on my YouTube channel about parental leave. So it's kind of a, a common question it seems mm-hmm. like that people are trying to answer but it was so weird because she was absolutely the worst ted talk or the worst speaker that i've ever seen present with ted oh you're not even talking about from a content standpoint you're just talking about from presence deliverability yeah yeah like she was just very very hard to follow wow because they usually vet those ted speakers i know with a fine tooth comb i've never they're always like some of the best presenters you've ever seen oh my gosh it's like regardless always, if you agree or disagree with the content it's it's almost like it's you always want to agree exactly. because they're such good presenters. Yes. And yeah. that's the power of, you know, being on the stage and being Absolutely. a good presenter. Yeah. And um, she did a horrible job, which is just very interesting. I, I'm not trying to point blank, you know, point at her and say, hey, you're not a very good presenter. But I was like, ah, what's going on here? Um, but anyways, uh, parental leave, guys, kind of a weird one. I don't know if you notice this. We are one, if not the only country. The only rich country. That does not offer required federal parental leave, meaning that the federal government does not mandate businesses provide it. Um, we're the only rich country, and I think we are one of nine countries worldwide that don't offer it to some extent, which is means that we are a rare country. Um, now, we're rare in many ways, of course, but this one's a very odd one that I didn't know it was so common. Did you? Did you know it was like... Prior, prior to research, no. 
I thought it was like, oh, no maybe idea. Germany does it. Maybe Sweden does no, it. No, no, no. Yeah. It's everyone. Prior prior to research, I was floor. Look, I know it's been a, a controversial perk, yeah. I guess is what you would call it, right? Yeah. Uh, a controversial perk, but I had no idea the extent of... Commonality. Exactly. Well, how uncommon we are yeah. in this regard. So did you see the ranges from different countries? How many weeks are mandated? You know, it's actually really funny. I was talking to Brittany, uh, my wife, about the research that I was doing, you know, a couple of the points that I intended on making. That's what was really interesting to me. I mean, heck, I, I saw anywhere from, you know, 12 weeks to a year. Uh, I saw up to 86 weeks. That's oh, I years. didn't see 86. That's two years. Yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Two years all the way down to 12 to yeah. 18 weeks. Yeah. That's the minimum. Um, countries like Iceland, Canada, Germany are kind of in the average pack there. Germany's about a year. Japan and Estonia are up there in the top offering, you know, the big uh, year plus. So Japan... Um, and then Estonia, which I don't think many people know what Estonia is. It's kind of an interesting because the TED talk that you and I just referenced said that Japan offers seven months. Um, I think it's actually 14 months total and the male and female can use it and split it. So he did seven months and she did seven months. Uh, I didn't get that. Okay. I didn't, I didn't get that from the the talk. I think Japan was 14 months. Um, but some countries offer parental or sorry, we, you kind of just mentioned it paternal mm-hmm. and maternal. I don't know if you want to kind of say the differences and how, what we kind of are used to here. Yeah. In short, you know, the difference is, is purely just from a, a sex or gender standpoint and paternal refers to the male and maternity leave, uh, refers to the female. I would say more common and by more, I, I don't have any statistics to quantify this, but I know the overwhelmingly large majority of the time here in America, it's a little bit more common for the mother uh, to take a maternity leave. A little more common. I think it's probably 99% of all pater- uh, uh, parental leave is probably done by the mother, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's many men that take you know time off outside of maybe vacation days or just some time here and there. Like, you know, just out of curiosity, you know, for a personal experience, what did you take for your... Children. Yeah, I, I, both of them took two weeks. Okay. Um, and, you know, those are soft taken days, I'm going to say. Um, I have the ability to, of course, work a little bit from home and remotely. Um, and so, really, it's I'm taking it off, but still tackling the daily, you know, issues here and there. So, I'm not being proactive. I'm just being reactive to things. Um, so, I'm not going to say I was 100% off, but I was 80%, uh, you know, away from my job. Because a lot of my job, of course, is being proactive. Correct. Being um, a sales role, yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I took two weeks, you know, two hard weeks, I would say, that I was not in the office, was not connecting with people. I was really just making sure that none of the projects in hand, you know, went off the rails. That's yeah. kind of why I was. Yeah. So um, I felt like that was a good enough time. Really, my goal is to make sure, because I'm, I'm not very useful um, to the newborn child, to be honest. Like, I'm, I am not even support worthy where I am useful. Uh, and I think most fathers can Do say this around the house and yeah, I'm helpful to the new mom, right? So my wife, I'm, I'm much more useful for her to help her physically like move around the house to make sure that she has water, you know, things like that. Cause she's not getting up and down as often because she of course went through surgery and stuff, but that's really where I think, um, you know, being off after the birthing of a child by a female, helps um is just to help the mother right i I don't really know how much i can help the newborn clearly i still don't know because i've had new children and it's very minimal other than kind of like holding them and supporting them a little bit it's like hey they want mom Mm -hmm. they want mom 24 7 
Yeah, believe it's it or not. just how they're wired. <laughs> yeah, they're like that. Mom can save me. Dad cannot provide me anything. That's how that works. You're both strangers to me right now. All I know is one of you guys keep me alive. <laughs> yes, <laughs> very much so. <laughs> um, okay, anything else you want to talk about background wise? I got a couple things here, but anything for you? Yeah, one thing I just really want to call out is, like I like I alluded to earlier on in the podcast and when we do in the introduction is a lot of this is really spearheaded by these big tech companies, you know, the Googles of the world, the Facebooks, et cetera, I guess Meta. Um, And I just want to clearly articulate here that half of the workforce works for a small business. Oh, in the U.S.? Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. And I think there's some things you'll bring up here. I I didn't go too much into research here, but I have a couple of, I I was thinking, I was going to say interesting stances, um, specifically around small business owners, um, because it's, it's going to be a challenge as we talk about that, especially because America is driven by small business. We'll get into that. Um, one thing I wanted to mention is right now, you guys may have heard about this when you're your listeners, FMLA. Yeah, Family Leave and Emergency Act or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Family Medical Leave Act or something like that. Uh, yeah, maybe something like that. Um, but FMLA. Um, my wife took this, uh, I think the first time, um, with our first child. And so what this is, is this is a federally mandated um, uh, unpaid leave. So this essentially says, hey, if you are a new mom, you can you know, take unpaid leave from your job for up to 12 weeks. Um, there's no required pay. It's just pretty much saying, hey, you're able to you know, make sure your child gets the proper nourishment. Uh, you can uh, heal up accordingly. You can get back into uh, working shape before you enter the workforce again. And... <clears throat> Really what it's for is to make sure that you are continually carried, uh, covered on your health insurance plan and your job is not filled within those 12 weeks. So right now that is under federal law. That means all companies have to offer this. I think if you have over 50 employees or more, so over 50 employees, you have to offer this. If you're a small business, you know, less than 50 employees, you don't have to offer FMLA. So um, we use that um, again. There wasn't any pay. You know, she pretty much didn't get paid during those 12 weeks. It was just like, hey, stay home. And you'll have a job in 12 weeks when you get back to your office kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, I didn't take any of that. So I don't even know how it really works. I didn't get to fill out like, some paperwork or something like that. Probably. Yeah, that's one thing I wanted to mention. There's a couple other little pieces here and there. Um, pros and cons. Anything on your end before I go through those? You know, not necessarily any pros and cons right now. Just, uh, again, you know, laying the foundation of this, of this uh, podcast, if you will. Do you know what the average number of employees at a small business is? You know, granted, there are, you know, about say, six million small. Or yeah. There's probably about thirty million. Six, ten. Okay. Ten yeah. employees. Yeah. So people have it in their in their heads here to where you know, oh, everyone has you know, thousand employees to where, hey, if you know, two or three people take off for for twelve weeks, well, yeah. you're just being heartless if you don't. Well, it's interesting. The Fortune 500 or Fortune 200, whatever you know, amount of companies, the big companies in America that we all think about, it drops off steeply in size of businesses after those 500. Oh yeah. It's like, okay, those are the big guys, thousand employee plus. And then like after you get to 500 companies, it's like hundred employees. And then it goes down to Dozens. 10 employees. <laughs> yeah. It's, it goes down very yeah. quickly. Um, and that's, I think a lot of Americans, you know, if you say, Hey, what's the backbone of America? Small business. Oh, it has to be like, half, half of the U S population is employed by a small business or, or probably a business owner. They're, they're, I'm guessing a portion of them also is a business owner. Well, what's sort. really interesting is, uh, there are 24.8 million small business out there. No other employees. Oh yeah. So one person or yeah, just the owner. Yeah. yeah. Kind of interesting, huh? Yeah. 
24 so, million? 24, 24.8 million. Oh, my God. So, so a tenth to uh, actually about a twelfth of the U.S. population has their own business. Kind of unique, huh? Yeah, and there's, of course, challenges with doing that and then owning, you know, hiring your very first employee is such a huge monumental step. Monumental, yeah. Right? Um, Let's see. I'm I'm trying to think of any other statistics. Well, I was going to go over some pros and cons. Well, also, uh, you know, one thing that we're going to talk about today a little bit more is, you know, the attractability of a job for offering these types of perks. Right? You know, human capital in today's world, any... (laughs) Benefits are a big deal. Anyone with a pulse is is hearing everyone, regardless of industry kind of reach out and need a dire need for that for a good stable workforce right now for a good stable employment base so you know you got to really think of the the uh the cost of the cost of doing business almost you know but that's one of the elements that i'm sure we're going to be talking about a little bit more extensively today 100%. um you know the cost of replacing the cost of training the cost of a you know realistically seeing an roi in an employee i mean a lot of multitude of factors this isn't really just a gray i'm sorry a black and white there's a lot of gray in here on what businesses can afford to do and what they maybe can't afford to do. Yeah, and employees, right, people that are looking for a job, they're getting some attractive offers right now. And now they're having to weigh the benefits of slightly more pay or perhaps maybe four weeks of parental leave. The total package, yeah. Exactly. And when you start looking at those things, you're like, okay, well, am I a parent already and not going to have children because I want the higher pay job? Or am I wanting to be a parent and thinking about the next couple of years? Well, maybe I want that. Or, hey, maybe I haven't even... Have maybe I don't even have a husband or a wife yet. I don't need that job. I want the higher paying job. So you're having to kind of weigh things out based on where you are in life, mm-hmm. which is interesting because companies, I don't think they take that into account when they do a job offering. What they do is, is here's the pay, here's the benefits, and then they kind of have an idea of who they want to hire. But based on what the pay and benefits are, you're going to hire somebody, somebody with very low benefits, but very high pay. You're probably attracting 20 to 30 year olds, right? Because you're going to get hire, you know, kind of people that say, Hey, I just want a bunch of cash. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to need health Medicare benefits. I'm probably not going to have children 30 to 40. Someone might take a little bit of a pay dump, a bu- uh, downwards or yeah. uh, pay cut, but get better benefits. Cause now they have a family they need to have medical coverage for and things like that. So it's, it's interesting because those two levers will indicate what kind of person you're attracting to the job. Um, couple of pros and cons real quick. These are non-biased guys. I'm just trying to, you know, kind of throw some ideas out lay here. Lay the foundation, lay the ground. Yeah, yeah, kind of get an idea of what people are advocating for. So some advocates that are pro-parental leave, um, <clears throat> they argue that it improves the well-being of both parents and the babies. So while you'll be able to spend more time with your newly born child, and um, it enables parents to take time off while ensuring the same job and income protection. So, hey, we just had a child. It's, it's already dramatic in our entire life. The last thing you want is additional stress they're trying to state. And, and job protection is going to create additional stress. That is a advocate stating that pro-parental leave is good. Another same um, thing is some studies show that parental leave actually increases women's participation in the workforce long-term and reduces the gender pay gap. I looked at the study. It's, it's, it's loosely constructed. Um, the one that they were looking at was a meta-analysis over a couple of them in Europe. And really what they were kind of looking at is saying that <clears throat> if you take the leave, you're more likely to come back into the workforce in general, I guess. I guess there's a 20%, especially in America, reduction in female workforce for people that have a child. So what that means is, hey, mom is pregnant. They go on leave, maybe FMLA, or they just take general leave, and they just don't come back, right? Um, 
my, my wife is one of these, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty much got her yeah, second child. Yeah. yeah, and she said, you know what? I'm not going back into the workforce. So what they found is, is that by having these policies in place, saying, hey, we will pay you throughout your entire pregnancy, women feel that, hey, you know what? I got paid during this time. I'm going to go back into the job, and I'll start paying for you know, child care or things like that. Do they almost view it as a debt? Would you say from a psychological standpoint? You know, it's interesting. That's how I interpret it. I I mean, is that wrong to say? I don't know. Well, it's very interesting. I I don't know. It didn't, of course, the math doesn't state that. How in the heck could they quantify? Yeah, exactly. But it would make me feel wrong. And you know, it's it's weird because my wife, um, she had the option to do something with her work where she could take some additional pay or something like that and kind of like take it, game the system a little bit. And I was like, well, that doesn't feel right. And she's like, yeah, it doesn't feel right either because I'm not going to go back. Because that was mm. before she told them, you know, yeah. this was yeah. six months ago. And I was like, okay, well, let's not do that. Because the last thing you want is to, like, say, hey, I'm quitting. Because it's essentially not telling them you're going to quit. And then you kind of get your extra benefits and everything. So I don't, I don't think most people want to do that. And that's probably exactly what happens is, is that they feel, oh, I've been paid for the last, you know, six months in maternity leave. I should go back for at least two years. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's kind of happening. So those are the pro. Here's a couple of um, against parental leave, um, non-bias, you know, from us at least. Um, parental leave um, has some upsides, they state, but a couple of downsides. Apparently in the UK, they did some studies, and it showed that it would reduce uh, female pay over the long term. So I guess what happens is, is that uh, because they're out of the workforce, a lot of times they are passed up for promotions and also compensation bumps because they, of course, didn't get the experience, maybe didn't work on a um, high-profile type project, things like that. So they would see lower pay in general um, when when females weren't uh, took maternity leave. Uh, promotions went down, and then also they they believed that there was potential employer favoritism towards the childless. Interesting. So employers would say, oh, hey, you don't have children. I know that, you know what, if I need to count on somebody, if I need to tap somebody, I'm probably going to be able to get you to come into the office on a Saturday morning and help out with a very special project because you don't have to go to... Um, soccer game. So- exactly. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. Sally's soccer game. And so there is a little bit of an employer favoritism, especially in businesses that are growing or smaller businesses because we're liability. So, some good pros, cons. What do you think about those? Lay some groundwork to see kind of both ends, both sides, where there's there's reasons on both sides to have an no, argument. Absolutely, man. Yeah. It was it was really interesting. the The recruitment aspect really piqued my interest because, you know, people, unless you're in a hiring, firing, unfortunately, uh, type of role, you really don't understand how long it takes for people to get spun up. And oh, yeah. to really, you really understand or get to realize an ROI on any employee, regardless of it's a sales role, engineering role, three, six, whatever. Months. So that's where it was actually really kind of pissing me off is while I am thinking from a recruiting standpoint on the pro side, from a con standpoint, I guess, you know, to be devil's advocate on that same play, a lot of articles and publications, they were, uh, they were essentially saying, well, well guys, it's, it's not that hard to just, you know, Pick up a, a third party or a contractor to... Oh, a temp. Gap fill. Yeah, a temp. Ooh. To gap fill. I'm like... <laughs> barring the most mundane task, what can truly be trained and then you get an efficient worker in that 12 weeks? Jerry, why don't you take a pause right there as we take a quick break for our beer? Boom. 
<laughs> <laughs> so um, as we get into some of our opinions and uh, what in general we are seeing in the U.S., um, we are drinking the Sierra Nevada as I introduced the Summer Break IPA. Jared, you want to talk a little bit about this, man? Yeah, it's cool. You know, Sierra Nevada, it's a, it's a nice little local brew here, uh, you know, family owned and operated. Um, and Local ar- to America, guys. Argued over. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess. Where are they out of? Uh, California. Yeah. Western. I'm trying to, man, they don't have a little blurb about them? Not this beer. Probably well, on the back. Lame. Yeah. No, so we have I'm a, uh, a 4.6 alcohol by volume, guys. Yeah. Um, kind of a fun little, you know, got a bunch of bunch of different waves and, you know, pine trees and stuff in the background. Is it kind of session or hunt. season? Saison. 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 Oh, do you know what that word means? Nope. Huh. Nope. Okay, for all you beer snobs out there, you know, we drink a lot of beer. We don't know what session means. Saison, uh, hazy IPI. I'm guessing it's a type of um, uh, hops, maybe. But that's just me using context clues, as my wife would say. We have a cool beer. It a looks meeting like... of a deliberative or judicial body to conduct a business. Huh. Or a period devoted to a particular activity. Well, I don't know how that's relevant to a hazy IPA, but on the can we have, it looks like, are they hops uh, like swinging on a tire? Is that what you would say, Jared? I'm just trying to figure what the hell. Yeah, yeah, sure, man. I just, I just want to know what the hell this word means. I want to know, have you ever swung on a tire swing like what's on the scan? Have you ever like swung on a tire swing and jumped into the water? No, a rope, but not a rope with a tire at the bottom of it. Same thing. I've done, I've done a rope into a river um, several times. The Never tire done a tire. seems a little dangerous. You're like, hung unne- up on it. Unnecessarily dangerous. And I, I'm not understanding what kind of more fun you can have on a tire that you can't on a rope swinging. Yeah, maybe it's easier to kind of grip onto. Oh, well, the hops don't have any arms. So, of course, they have to just kind of nestle themselves in a little uh, tire. And that's yeah. like, you don't get it. So, what are you thinking, man? Oh, dude, honestly, this is solid. Um, upper solid, I would say, you know, 3.7 all day long. Yeah, I think this is a great beer. This is, you know, it's a nice IPA. I could drink this, you know, three of them easy peasy. It's I, I the, the reason why I give it a three seven is there's nothing that I will distinctly remember about this. I would buy it again though. So I, that's I, why I think I'm going to be with you. I think you guys here in Nevada, I'm going to give you a four zero on this one. Wow, you're going fours. Yeah, you're getting, you're getting soft in your old episodes, man. Four zero, nice job, Sierra Nevada. Your summer break IPA. I, I think it's a solid beer. Uh, it seems like it's probably more of just brought out during summer. So uh, if you guys are listening, go grab a pack, drink it, tell us in the uh, comments. Okay. So <clears throat> my point is, is people are oversimplifying. And actually, it's disrespectful. If you truly look at what people's uh, solutions are, yeah. if your job can be trained to, I'm sorry, replaced, trained to, and they become effective in that short 12, 18 week period, you're saying you're saying if we, if we offered maternity leave uh-huh. and we said, hey, we're going to guarantee your job back, and because you're out of the office or because you're out of the job site or whatever it is, we need somebody to, of course, fill your role because we can't just stop everything. We're going to ramp up somebody for, let's say, 18 weeks to yeah. work as a temporary fill and gap fill, uh-huh. and then that person will be gone. Because we can't, you know, have we don't have two the, people in the same role. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So that's what you're saying is it's kind of disrespectful to the original person almost. Yeah, I would view that as disrespectful personally. Like, hey, you're that replaceable. 
Yeah. That's I how I interpret it. Maybe I'm weird. I, mean, I look at my job as somebody that probably can't ramp up to do exactly what I do in less than six months, maybe even 12 months. I, I would probably say a year. Yeah. Right. So like to, to do what I'm doing, I'd say, hey, you know what? Good luck trying to find somebody that can do it in six months. And six months is get to where, you know, they're, I would say good, but to do exactly what I do, probably going to take a year. So it's hard. It's a, it's a hard thing to gap fill for somebody in a short period of time. I, I, I think I agree with there hundred percent. So I, I really don't like that as a, as a pushback or a course of action that businesses can take. I don't, I just don't view that as viable truthfully. Okay. Um, did you see that this almost passed, um, by the previous administration? It's interesting. I didn't. I didn't know it was such a big deal. I remember Ivanka Trump really pushing for parental leave and child care credits. Um, so Trump actually had a budget plan in his in his plan in 2018. I think it was. Um, he had a two twenty five billion dollar plan um, to give moms and dads uh, six weeks of paid leave after the birth or adoption of a child. Um, interesting, right? I think a lot of people would say this is. Um, Probably more of a Democrat-leaning policy, but uh, Trump, of course, being the the ninth extent of Republicans, um, you know, I don't know, say it easily anymore, at least. But he, he uh, pushed for a parental leave, which has never been pushed by any administration in the past. So, kind of interesting to see that maybe this is a topic that gets both sides of the fence thinking about it. And I, I bet you, really, it's just parents. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest; it's parents thinking. I, I wouldn't Damn, mind. That would have been nice. That would have been nice. So guess what? Parents fall on both sides of the fence. So that would mean that anybody would really want this. It's a very, um, it's a very common ground argument. So you know what? Here's where I get really torn on this subject, man. Is, look, you know, whether you intentionally or whether you unintentionally, I don't even think we can legally say you intentionally do it, but whenever you hire and fire based upon... You know, maybe, uh, do you really want to hire someone that's seven months pregnant, eight months pregnant? Well, that's illegal, Jared. I know. That's, I'm asking a rhetorical question. I'll tell you right now, <clears throat> there are some jobs that you cannot do seven months pregnant. There Ooh. are plenty of jobs yep. that you cannot do seven months pregnant. You're hiring for a receptionist. It's this Cody Willis Incorporated. Mm-hmm. You're hiring for a receptionist. I could hire they, for that job. They could. They could. Now, let's say I'm hiring for a, um, Window cleaner for skyscrapers. Yep. In Chicago. Site superintendent. Site superintendent. Yep. Uh, a framer for building houses in Arizona in the middle of the desert where it's 110 out. Do you think I could hire for that job? Now, I don't think that person is going to be applying for that job. Mm-mm. But right there, there's kind of a filtering effect occurring. But, but my ask was, and of course, guys, I'm not trying to incriminate anyone. I'm yeah. Of course, to it myself. But do you think it's reasonable to not want to hire someone that's seven months pregnant. If I, let's say I am that small business with eight employees. I, I don't, if anybody is saying that it's unreasonable, I don't think they're thinking from a point of owning a business or what they would do. I, I just don't rationally you're hiring somebody that will not be able to help you out in two months. And that's really when you want somebody to start ramping up to helping you mm-hmm. about two to three months and yeah. now they're gone and then the revamp, and then you got to ramp somebody else, ramp up somebody else to fill gap fill, and then you when they come back because they forgot their entire job because they've only been online for a month and a half, 
<clears throat> now you got to do it all over again. The cost of training there is absurd, especially if you have a five-man, ten-man, twenty-man team. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a very absurd request to ask business owners. What do you think? No, I I, I agree, man. Like I said. <sighs> It's it's wrong to say, and I'm not saying. Oh, I know. If if you're looking for a job at six months, sorry, ladies, that's not what I'm saying at all. All I'm saying is, from a business perspective, maybe you could pivot because the Facebooks, the Googles, the larger, the ADPs, the world, the larger companies out there, they can't afford that. And this is actually where I almost think larger companies and, and, and don't. Stop right now, Jared. You're, you're in deep water almost. I know. I know I'm about to. I know exactly what you're going to say right now. They have an unfair advantage over smaller companies from even being able to offer this perk. 100%. And then that's why I don't think you can mandate it. Because as soon as you mandate something like this, the mom and pop store that you kind of think should stay in business and you're mad at Amazon, you're mad at Walmart, you're mad at Apple and Google and all these big companies because they're so big. The more regulations you provide them to be able to provide their employees, the less likely employees are going to go to a small business. Mm -hmm. And now you're going to force small businesses, the mom and pop businesses, gone. They're gone because they can't offer these benefits. Even the whole thing about the 50 employees, I don't think it, I don't think there should be, you can't have it because as soon as you're doing that, what happens is, is the business will do two things. They'll stop growing at 49 employees, right? So even if you put a cap on it, they'll stop growing. Or two, <clears throat> the small businesses will say, why can't we find any employees? Well, it's because all the employees don't want to get hired by a company that doesn't offer parental leave. And you're like, well, I can't offer parental leave. I only have two employees, guys. I'm not big enough. I don't have money coming in the door unless you were doing your job tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <sighs> It's hard, man. It's not an easy one. That's why it's it's difficult. But you know, one of the one of the topics I we said we're going to talk about during this is the human capital piece. Well, yes, you can't afford to do it from a compensation package standpoint because it's not all about pay, right? It's about the entire package, depending on where they're at in their career, as you beautifully articulated earlier. So lower the so pay. Can you afford not to do it? Can you communicate to the, your employees? You know, all eight of them. Hey guys, if you shop me against Indeed, you're probably going to see that I don't pay as well as my competition. However, what I do do is I offer gym memberships. I offer 12 weeks of uh, parental leave, either male or female. Yep. I offer you know all these multitude of compensation packages. You know, can you can you make up for it with communication? Man, it's so like. It's so challenging to ask somebody that's starting their business this year and they're hiring their first five employees next year to say, hey, you need to compete with somebody that's going to offer 12 months of parental leave. A year's salary. A year's salary. So, hey, you, you right now are not taking a salary as a business owner. You took a loan on your house. You, you second mortgaged your house. You're running your business on that. And now, next year, you need to pay out somebody's salary and hire somebody as well to fill that, get, that job or work 40 more hours 
as a business owner. So now you're working 80 hours to fill that gap. Taken away from your family. Yeah. <sighs> Man. What about, what about the business owner? Do they get to leave? No. Because those eight jobs are dependent on them. Hey, guys, I'm going to take parental leave. Payroll is going to stop for months. Would that, would that work? No. I didn't think so. This is, so this is where the, I think there's so the much nuance. Leave. There's so much nuance to this conversation that I don't think it's flushed out. What, what everybody assumes is, hey, the government will do it. I know. And That's it's always, not, it doesn't but, work that way. But as Somebody I, has to pay for it. Guys, if, you, if, if our listeners can't answer this question by now, we have failed as podcast hosts. And by the government doing it, what did you actually mean, Cody? The taxpayers. Thank you. It means just everybody else take care of it. So, okay, I love, I love this conversation. So, small business owners, that's a challenge. Think about this one. What about small, small companies that run on very small margins, like construction? Construction mm-hmm. is a very highly competitive, small margin business. What Single I mean? digits. Yes. You are, guys, this means that if I, if I bid out on a job, the owner of that business is looking at earning three, five, six percent. Right? So if 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 it's a thousand dollar job to let's say paint and, and and put in some new drywall and some baseboard on a wall in your house and it's a thousand dollars. Yes, that's a lot of money, but the business owner is only going to make sixty sixty hundred bucks. Maybe. Maybe. And, and, and I know that sounds crazy. You're like, no way. He made so much money. No, no, no. Construction is such a low margin business that they are surviving off of volume. Do you know? Go ahead. So it, it's so funny. People get, people have this misconception. Like, oh, you and your own business? Oh my gosh. I bet you're just a millionaire. Do you know what the average small business owner makes in a year after profits? After payroll, the average. Uh, you mean like like on their own salary, like how much they actually bring home to pay their own bills? Salary, uh, retained earnings, profits, okay. yeah, yeah, everything. Uh, Sixty-eight thousand dollars. Fifty-two. Okay. Fifty-two thousand dollars is the average compensation for a business owner, guys. It's less than less than the average employee does. Y- you don't understand. If you're fortunate enough to work for a company to where your owners are millionaires, you are employed at a well-run company. That is the elite. That is the outliers. That is not the rule. I, I, this misconception of like working at Chase Bank or, or Amazon or Apple, it, it ruins the conversation. It, it, it inflates what people believe to be real. It, it almost is like social media. It, it's like social media for what you believe employers should be able to offer. Right, because everyone's always talking about what the big companies are doing. What's Netflix doing? What's Apple doing? You know, and, and it makes it so difficult. Man, this is a hard one. So I was talking about construction. Imagine you have a, 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 a team of a couple of, of laborers, maybe a, a drywall guy or whatever, maybe a painter. Let's say you have a team of two, three guys that are on your, your team. Okay. And you do these small little projects around town, helping people, you know, rebuild their houses, build walls, paint your houses, things like that. Imagine, no, it's funny because unfortunately construction is a male-dominated role. But hey, you know what I think? This is parental leave. We didn't. I'm not yeah, going into exactly. the differentiation yeah, yeah. there. And, and also, I think that 50% of construction workers should be female. I think we should have equal construction. Like I, I don't think there's. It should matter, 
really, to be honest. It, but it is male-dominated. But parental leave would make me, as a small business owner, maybe have two guys off. I can't... How do I, how do, I do... All my jobs now just got pushed out how many months? Or that, or think about all the... Competition that rolls in. So I was thinking about the competition, but I don't, oh. want, to, I don't want to think externally now. I still want to think internally to the company. What about all the extra stress that you just passed on your guys? Because clearly I can't push out six months. We just talked about the thin margins. I'll go out of business in six months. Oh, yeah. The competition will roll so over. So now, now I have to ask my guys, hey, instead of an eight-hour day, I'm missing those two guys. Guys, can we work 12s? And now those guys are affecting their families just because they didn't have a newborn. And by the way, 12s for the same pay. Because I'm, I'm paying these guys oh, yeah. for three months. I can't pay anymore. Yeah. Can you volunteer four hours each? It's unfair to, to somebody. It's unfair to your team. It's unfair to a taxpayer, a team member, a, another small business. It, 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 you're pushing the work onto somebody else. That's what happens, huh, with this type of situation. Somebody else is working, and you're attracting their work to pay for the work you're not performing when you're taking leave. It's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah that, that's kind of my problem with it. I mean, it's, it's a lot of things where I get it briefs. Well, Hey, there's some, there's some strong hitting PowerPoints up on this. You know, I can only assume just cause I know what kind of father you are whenever I have seen you in front of your kids that you would love nothing more than to spend your days with your kids. You love it. This is funny. This morning before I'm leaving the house, I, I at dinner or breakfast in the mornings, right? For everybody. So we all eat breakfast. I go upstairs, change. My daughter now likes to say, bye. Bye, dad. Bye, daddy. Bye. Like, she, like, as soon as I come down the stairs, like, just get me out of the house as fast as possible, <laughs> which is horrible, right? It's hilarious. It's funny. And so I say, hey, bye. Bye, Lillian. Bye, Anna, my wife. And, and I'm like, well, hey, you guys, you know, have a really fantastically fun day. I'll just go to work. <laughs> my wife looks at me like, you know, she works too, of course, watching the kids, but... You know, they've been doing a lot of fun stuff. It's summer right now, so they've been hanging out at the pool. Like, this morning, they hung out at the pool for two and a half hours. <laughs> that sounds nice, right? Yeah. Um, guys, I am not saying that my wife does not work hard. All I'm saying, yeah, all I'm saying here is, is that as, as me and my wife even kind of have joked around and, and talked, she has a job where it's fun to hang out with our kids, and I think most people would love to do that. That's what hell, I'm trying to get to. Hell yeah. It's a fantastically good role. It's not saying it's not hard. It's just fun. Exactly. Fun can be hard. Exactly. And, and a job can be fun too. Yeah. Many people have jobs that they absolutely love. And they'll work 80 hours a week doing it because they love it so much. So, But this is one where it, you have a invested interest in your children. So it will almost always be fun. Like you want to make it work. So that's funny because I, I was literally, we had that conversation this morning and Anne just looks at me like, yeah, it's going to be fun. We're going to go to the pool. We're going to do some stuff around the house, play games. It's, it's fun. Here's one thing. We're talking about kids. We're talking about raising children. And one of the things that I said as a, it wasn't actually highly touted, but there's a couple of studies and I tried to kind of connect the dots here. What do you think about this? There's a couple of studies that have found that stay-at-home moms have increased the child's school performance. So stay-at-home moms early in life, to, uh, de early development, so from like ages one to five, one to six, have increased that child's school performance indefinitely, like through high school. The children that are raised with a stay-at-home parent, 
mom or father have a decreased level of stress and aggression aggression tell, towards other children. <clears throat> what do you think about that? Meaning that possibly moms that decide to stay home might actually be beneficial to the child's development long term. That's interesting, right? It's not hard to believe. I know, right? I, I mean, logically, think, it makes sense. Think about it, man. The stay-at-home mom, stay-at-home dad, their their new job is their kid, is and, their kid's success. And, yeah. Just like your job is your professional success, success at your given company right now, Yeah, their job is their kid's success. So if, why, I would actually be disappointed if it doesn't, that the data didn't support that. Like instead of the, okay, so everyone's like, well, no, no, that's, that doesn't make sense. The kid goes to childcare or, or, or preschool, things like that. Well, now it's one teacher with 10, 15 kids. One-on-one or maybe one-on with two children, I'm pretty sure any parent will probably provide better care and better developmental pathways than a teacher with or a preschool teacher or a, a child care provider with 10 children in a class or, or, or a room. Mm-hmm. It makes a lot of sense. And I was thinking... Does parental leave and, and paid parental leave possibly incentivize more women going back into the workforce and cause... Less developed. Exactly. Hmm. You see where I was going here? Yeah. I don't know if I'm connecting kind of crazy dots here, but I could see where we might have children that are on a bad pathway due to having less single parents in the household. Ooh, Right. Third beer, that's some third beer conversation. No, 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 yeah, just, I just cracked it open. So I, I get it, man, and I think your theory... I, no, uh, to answer your question, no, I don't think you're... I'm not crazy. I don't, I don't think you're uh, connecting crazy dots there. I think it's a logical path. My only ask is I think we take a step back and just recognize the Willis household is in a much different financial situation than people. Than the, than the typical American, right? To where you're afforded the opportunity to have one person stay at home. At no, no, I, I think I think like forty percent of um, family households are have a single parent at home. It's actually pretty common. A single parent home? Yeah. No single parent house. Like somebody stays at home. Forty percent. Oh, of I didn't. I didn't read households. that statistic. Yeah, so I think it's it's like right around forty percent. I'm pretty, I, I believe. Because I looked this up, I want to know how for many like parents. For like an indefinite amount of time. Yeah, like. A mom, I think it was like 38% of the time it's a mom staying home and then 2% a stay-at-home dad. 40%? Yeah. So you have a stay-at-home mom through the early child development years, which is like one to five. And, and just think, that would have been about 100% 70 years ago. Yeah. So this is not like it's crazy talk. Like this, America, your grandparents, one of them stayed at home, 100%. Your parents probably were raised with a parent at home through 18 years of age. So it's not like um, you have to be well off to see that. Like, that's very common. Now, it's, it's harder, probably. Um, but costs go down dramatically. And me and Anna made the decision based childcare cost is dramatic compared to what some people are making. I think that's crazy. You know, excess like, of $1,000 per kid. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Per month. So if you have a job that's paying you no know, close to say minimum wage, forty forty five thousand dollars a year. Well, that remember family household income sixty five thousand. Yep. That means that let's say the male is making forty forty five thousand, and a female is making 
let's say part-time job, 30. 30, well, you're getting pretty close with two children to just pay childcare. Well, and that's, that's, a, that's decision three, that's we made. Thir- that's 30 pre-tax. Yeah. That's the decision but that we made. At, at 30, you know, making 70, I bet you're only taking home 23, 24? Yeah, 100%, right? So that's $1,000 a month per kid, $24,000. So would I rather work? Or pay for somebody to take care of my children and exactly. see them less develop. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying I don't think it's a um, family household situation. I think most... I assumed it was 100% income-based. What? Um, being the ability to, for a person, either the male or the female, to stay home. Well, so here's where it's weird, though. Family households, how many of them are also, we talked about this single. in our single-parent households. Yeah. And, and so this is why these, all of these problems kind of compound so, on each other. Okay, so hold on. Let me make sure I understand the statistic. Of two-parent households. With four, children. 40% of them. Okay, now, I okay. Got it. Right. I was, th- I was thinking, I was thinking a step back and I thought that was to include yeah. everybody. Well, you can't do that if you're a single parent. You can. It's called welfare and food stamps. <laughs> it's hard, right? And, and so and you could work from home and, and somehow make a living doing it at home. And I'm sure there's some single parents that do it, but very difficult. Again, this was another conversation, guys. We said single parent households are definitely not good for development of children. Oh, because, but if you have two parent household and and you decide to one of you to stay home, male or female doesn't matter. Child development increases, and I think that is a huge win, huge win past the whole maternal leave thing. And I was thinking, I wonder if this maternal leave kind of insinuates or incentivizes, yeah, get back into the workforce. We want you back in here. We don't want to, your kid you to take care of your children. I know we don't even have it yet, but... You know what a hard sell that is? Hey, guys, I'm not going to pay you <laughs> to incentivize you to stay at home. Well, well, because I'm looking out for the children. It's still a hard sell. You got to look at the get, result. You left I, out the result there, buddy. I want the children to be better developed, and I want you to be able to spend some critical years with your child, children. So I don't want to incentivize that action of you going back into the workforce. Now, this is a big shift to America because 47 or 48% of our workforce are female. So now not all of them are having kids, but still. Let's say, how many many females do you think are having, I think it's like what, one to two million children are born every year? So that means one to two. Sounds about right, yeah. One to two million women are having children, right? Math checks, yep. There's some <laughs> twins in there, I guess, right? But one to two million women would pretty much exit the workforce every year. That's a lot. Because imagine the economy there. You're exiting the workforce. That means we have more of a labor shortage than we currently have. That's also another challenge to talk about. Man, these things just compound. Second order effect, third order effect, yeah. Right? Okay, man. So as we're you know, kind of getting in this third beer a little bit more, do you have any solutions, I guess? Or I guess is your solution to just absolve any and all maternity, paternity, pay, leave, et cetera? <clears throat> well, I'm not going to force a business to not offer it, right? Okay. So like Google, yeah, if you guys want to offer, you know, 12 months of uh, paternity leave and, and fratern- uh, maternity leave and paternity leave, cool. That's that's a really cool benefit. I'm not, I can't, I can't force a company to pay their people a certain, I guess I cannot am with minimum wage. wage. Yeah, you are. Yeah, I guess I could. But let's not try to deepen it into, oh, you have to offer, I guess you have to offer medical coverage, don't you? 
Well, we have to offer a lot of shit. I yeah. Hmm. We have to pay them a minimum amount. I know. Do you? It, I mean, the precedent's there from a lot of stipulations, yeah. governances, etc. Like, yeah. And and you know what? Big companies love this, and this might be why we have big companies that are pushing, lobbying for. It. Yeah, because it'll cripple everyone. I mean, it'll cripple it's no different things. than Walmart coming into a small town. And essentially eradicating any and all small mom and pop shops. All they're saying is, hey, we're offering better jobs. Well, yeah, but you're not really. Well, that's why I said it creates an unfair competition for the Googles and Facebooks. And I think, I think if you care about small businesses and you care about maybe owning your business, uh, owning your own business one day or starting your own little side hustle, you should never want maternity or paternity leave. Like I, I re, I guess that maybe is my thinking. But what, how would I legislate this, or how would I, I would say, what do you think about the FMLA? Hey, unpaid leave. So you the, yeah, this back. is twelve weeks of essentially no more than a promise for of, your job back. Yep, and you also get health benefits during that point in time. Yeah, like that's the current law. What's your thoughts on that first? Because I have my own thoughts on that. And then we'll move on. I'm just trying to figure out how not to piss people off, but that goes against the podcast. And I'm going to just say what I think. I think it's wrong of the government or of the person to expect the company to essentially just put themselves on pause. Because you got to understand the company, while yes, individuals make up the company, it's up to the company's ownership and leadership to make sure that everyone else can pay their mortgage the rest of the year. But if all of a sudden, it's very small sided. If all of a sudden I push pause, I mean, God forbid it's someone like a director at a company. You just push pause on an entire quarter. What about your team of four, eight, 12, 20 people? What do they do? Of course, you know, various, you know, managers and succession plans. Could fit in. This is not exactly like, oh, I'm pregnant. I'm going giving birth the next day, you know, I get it. You have nine ish months to prepare, but my issue with this man, it's people's growth. That's what you're trying to say. It, it puts other mortgages. It puts other bills. It puts other lives in danger because we're only talking, you know, a small percentage of the workforce. It's interesting. You said it prioritizes the childless. That's one of the, the things you said that earlier yeah and, and you're kind of saying that right now it does it, it does so if i was an employer a business owner i would be looking and saying hey i want and who is always childless who is always childless yeah who, who is always not going to be bearing a child uh older generation males bearing a child yeah yeah okay yeah bearing yeah. a child right you're, and so Having policies like this almost make me want to hire a male because I don't have to deal with this challenge. And I don't want things like I don't want what a to, horrible way to say that. Though. I know I, I get why you said it and yeah. I get that you had to say it. But what a horrible thing to say. I don't have to deal with this. I know. Like, because <clears throat> I, I don't I would, of course, love to have people, you know, have Pregnancy, you have to. I want more children. Like my, me, and my wife like to have children. We 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 were all about kids and stuff. But it's just such a 
it's such a hard thing. As parents know, it's hard for them. So now you're putting this, I'm not saying burden, but you're putting the cost onto people that really don't get the benefits of the child, at least near term. Maybe long term there's a benefit. And I saw some studies around that saying, hey, economies grow with child. Social security stays afloat with more children. (laughs) This is actually a weird one. So I'm going to bring up this last little argument, then we can go through our final opinions. So I saw this often, and it was most European countries that were stating this. And this is what they've done is they've tried to incentivize the birthing of more children because they're having a population problem. They're having stagnant population growth. And stagnant population growth is the number one way to see your economy collapse, right? It's just an easy way because when you have less people buying stuff, you don't grow. And then every single company stops growing, and all of a sudden, you have almost a collapse of everything, of your economy. So they say, hey, we don't want people to not decide to have children because it will slow down their career path. So what do you think about that argument of if, hey— it's 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 more of a macro-looking way to look at it, right? The entire economy instead of one small small business. That small business will not be able to grow if the population does not grow. Mm-hmm. It's very challenging. So what do you think about that? Of essentially not incentivizing moms to bear children, right, with, with pay, mm-hmm. possibly could lead to a population collapse. <clears throat> so I get it. But in order for you to incentivize, not incentivize, the government has to provide me some sort of floor, if you will, then. Right? What do you mean? So if I am going to... Like people have a minimum amount of children or something? No, not necessarily have a minimum amount of children. What I'm saying is if you're going to incentivize them to have all these children and you're incentivizing me to, you know, let them off without pay and stuff like that. Well, then you have to provide me a floor into where, Hey, I won't go out of business. Then by incentivizing this behavior, you're taking people out of my workforce. Mm -hmm. So I understand the macro approach, but me as an individual business owner, I have to think a much smaller scale, right? I, as me as an individual business owner of eight people employed, I can't, lack of a better term, care about the other 30 million businesses out there in the U.S. I have to care about keeping my eight afloat, employed, mortgage mortgages. I know, isn't that, it's an interesting concept, right? It's, it's where society gets too big to be able to care for itself. And that's where we're at, right? We're at a point in time where, you know, a hundred years ago, guys, the U.S. was millions of people, not Hundreds, hundreds of millions. millions of people. That's weird to think about. We're at a point where civilization is just so large that we try to tackle these, I'm going to say absorbent, like uh, universal problems. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think I'm on board with you. I, I think I, I was just offering that I as, get it, as a point of like, it's, it's, it's a challenge. It's, it's a problem. It's a problem. I don't think it's fixable though. You're right. Without providing government backing. But then we're back to the point of well, what no. happens with government back to anything? It's, yeah. <laughs> Innovation okay. stifles. So costs your point, uh, FMLA, not good. You don't want business to be forced to offer a position back. No, because I think you're putting the business owner in a horrible, horrible spot. And look, guys. Now, now right now it's 50, 
50 employees or, 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 right. or greater. Mm-hmm. So they're essentially stating that, hey, after 50 employees, you should be able to fill the gap. That's kind of what they're stating. Mm-hmm. But do you think that's an unfair advantage now that you are offering a big business that small businesses that's can't exactly, do? Exactly what I'm so saying. it's a benefit. That's exactly what I'm saying. It's a benefit that I can't even compete with. Can't even begin to compete with. So mm. here's, here's the problem. And look, I know this is going to be unpopular, but for the most part, pregnancies should be planned. You know, this is a decision that ideally two consenting adults, I understand there are horrible instances out there, but I'm talking to the masses, two consenting adults decide to have a child. With that, you need to think of all of the repercussions, and I'm not meaning that in a negative sense, but repercussions, challenges, the, the challenges, the obstacles, the consequences, positive because you get this amazing, you know, child, but there's a financial, but cost. there's a consequence to the actions or the choices that you made. Having a child could potentially do without you of a, um, of an income for X amount of time. Now it should be up to the business. Hey, I'll give you two weeks. I'll give you a month. I'll give you six months. I'll give you a year. whatever that may be. And honestly, it's probably, based off your past performance at your job. Yeah, I would imagine if you're a small business owner and you have somebody that's just a rock star, and you can make yourself a rock star within six months, to be honest. If not sooner. Yeah. I, you know yeah. what kind of guy or girl you have uh-huh. pretty damn quick. Well, I'm saying, let's say you have a mediocre employee, an average employee, right? They do a good oh. job. They do their job that you were asked for. They're five months into their job, and all of a sudden... They're thinking with their family, their fa- their husband or wife, that they're going to start a family. Well, at that point, it's a great way to you know, said, you know what? If I was in your world, I'm going to start kicking ass for the next six months. Then when we start trying to have a child, I can go to my manager. And when I'm pregnant, if I'm a, a female, I'm going to say, hey, um, just so you know, I'm pregnant. I'm due X date. I plan on working all the way up till X date. I'm going to keep on kicking ass like I've been doing for the last six months. Love it. If you don't mind, I'm going to take four months off. What I would prefer is that I'm going to use my vacation time. You're going to pay me. And I would, I would like to get pay for a portion of that time. And I think most businesses, even smaller ones, would say, even, hey, you've been kicking ass. Holy shit. Because most people think recent memories. Of course. Recency bias is, is so even if you were, all of us. Even if you were average. So I think it's actually. That's an interesting take, right? Well, so yeah, so I'm, I'm glad that you kind of ended it with, hey, I got this plan now. I got a plan of action. I got to start kicking ass. I got to start showing my real value, my real yeah. who I am. But how you started it, I was going to have a completely different rebuttal because I actually think it's going to impact the masses, i.e. the definition of the average employee, right? Because if you're an average employee, well, that tells me I can find damn near anyone. No, to replace you. Well, that's, that's what so, I'm saying. So that's where I think it's not going to be a very popular opinion because if you're just average, okay, well, either no, you're there or you're not. I was getting I mean? some firepower for that person. And, and, and I get it. So you're putting the ownership back on the plan to actually map out, hey, this is my family's plan. We're ready for this. We're financially preparing for it. We're actually responsibly going about this. I got to start making a conscious effort to start kicking ass my job to show my boss. Yeah. I am hard to replace. Yeah. Like, hey, you know what? Hey, Mr. Boss, um, Here's why you can pay me for three months. It's going to cost you three times more to go find somebody, yep. train somebody, and everything. Pause my job responsibilities. I'm going to go ahead and train this little 
intern maybe somebody. I'm going to yeah. get somebody up to speed to at least gap fill. So I think, I think if you put it on the person, the employee that's going to be taking leave, that more than likely they're going to come back to a job. Do you, you're a pretty big believer in, you know, the 80-20 principle applies to a multitude of things, whether it's with work, with it's with people, with it's with teams, with it's in nature, plant life, 80-20 principle kind of reigns true, right? Plant life? Yeah, different plants, you know, 20% of the plants, you know, kind of survive and thrive, really. I've never compared it to plant life. Yeah, that's a, I, um, who I, is it that actually, uh, it's not Ray Dalio, is it? Are you a herptologist now? I am. Self-proclaimed. Herptologist. Herptologist. No, herptologist is a, a lizard or a reptilian, I think. Person. Botanist. Botanist. That's yeah. a plant. So anyways, um, it, it just applies to a multitude of factors, right? So with that, I think it's reasonable that babies probably sleep at a minimum 20% throughout the day, right? So maybe you can take a check out a laptop home and figure out, you know, 20% of your day to where you just do the hot items, kind of like what you did for the two weeks. No, what, sorry. Yes, there, yes, there is. Yes, there sorry, is. Buddy. Fucking let me finish. <laughs> so what I'm saying, if you're that rock star employee, I'm going to be a hell of a lot more flexible with you if you are yeah. that rock star. Whereas yeah. if you're just average, if you're the masses, then you're easy to replace. Yeah. So in my perfect world, what I'm saying is there is no FMLA. There's no negotiated upon you know, hey, you will get 18 weeks. It's based on performance. It's based on individual performance. Yeah, it's based on the company, what they want to offer, sounds like. Yeah. And then how maybe the employee can negotiate a better deal. Yeah, And I think I'm on board with you, man. I think that's exactly where I would sit. The only thing I'm saying no to is that asking new moms to do any work other than take care of their child. Even while the baby's sleeping? No, I can't get Anna. You know, like I, maybe, maybe, maybe my wife's not amazing at this part, but I think she's pretty good at like, like she does a really lot of lot of stuff around the house. It's a lot, man. It's so much, and I I wouldn't want to put more onto new mothers than they already are dealing with. Like they're doing something that is so hard. It's a full time job. It's a full time job. Breastfeeding, um, feeding. If you have another child, oh my god. If you have two children at home, oh my god. It's a lot. Um, I, I don't know if you can expect much for them, especially meetings. No meetings. Meetings mm. are just so... Well, they're shitty anyway. Yeah, but but most of the time, if you're on a project or something like that, you got to meet with people, customers, yeah. things like that. You can't do a meeting. You're going to be interrupted during the halfway through the meeting. You're going to look unprofessional. You're, it's just not going to be good. So I don't think... <clears throat> I think that's something that, you know, each... each that's, a, that's a specific individual's responsibility to negotiate that. I'm just saying... To your point, maybe that'll work. That's but it's all, not I'm trying. To, I'm just yeah. trying to offer a, a you know couple of creative creative yeah. packages to where both people win, both people sacrifice. I think I think what we're both getting to is that I think the government should not be in the business of forcing parental leave uh, to businesses. I think we're both on the same pack here. Is that is that is that true? Agreed. And even to the point where I had mixed feelings. I honestly, I kind of thought FMLA was not a bad idea. Like, hey, it's not paid. All you're doing is saying, hey, you know what? We're guaranteeing your job. But what it does do is it incentivizes the large businesses to be able to offer it. And you're saying that's not worth it. That's the only reason it's not worth it? Mm-hmm. And also, I guess, bigger businesses. 50 employees is not that big. You still have jobs that need to be done 
during those 12 months or 12 weeks? 12 weeks, 18 weeks, 22 weeks, 18 months. I, yeah. that, that was actually kind of weird. Like someone just have a dartboard and throw a dart and be like, yep, 12 weeks. Nope, 18 weeks, 22 weeks, seven months. Like mm. that's what I don't really understand. They probably figured out what's the average breastfeeding point and they probably just did that because I think most women stop breastfeeding around three months. Really? Now, I wonder if it's based on FML, FMLA, but yeah, most women in the U.S. specifically Didn't are three that. months. Yeah. I'm like, wondering if it's that. I thought it was like a year or something like that. Oh, no. No, no, no. No, no. No, in the, in the U.S., it's like three months they stop breastfeeding. Huh. Um, they'll pump milk and stuff. Okay, man, rounding this thing out. Yeah. So we're thinking... Do away um, with it. Parental away leave. With FMLA. Bad idea. This is, this is a performance-based um, perk, not a... Oh, it's not necessarily a performance-based perk. It's it is, yeah. If you if you want to provide it, you can. Individual yeah. performance-based perk. Yeah, but it's not government-mandated. Never government-mandated. So what about, okay, real quick, last little thing. What's here. that? What about other countries, since they're offering this, are we going to have a problem with people fleeting to those countries for those jobs because they offer parental leave? You know, I could see that. That's a valid point. But very similar to how you have to weigh the entire compensation package, you would therefore have to weigh the entire decision to move to a different country, i.e. tax rates, freedoms, et cetera, right? It's funny, that lady that offered a really bad TED Talk, she had a child, her first child in Germany. She took a year off. She thought it was amazing. She moved here based on a new job that had much higher pay. Weird. Didn't get her child uh, benefits. And was very upset with the company because they didn't offer her with the benefits. And I'm like, oh. I wonder how the government, or how the U.S. company was able to pay for increase in salary. They didn't it. get raped in taxes. That's what, well, not only that, but they didn't have to pay for those benefits. Well, they didn't have to pay for the benefits. They actually got to put more in R&D, so therefore they created a more innovative product, which means they can pay their people more because they can charge more. It's interesting, right? There's so much nuance and unknown factors here that I think are are known to just the the general populace that is talking about this. And I, I don't like that politicians don't kind of go into this. Like, hey, guys, this is complicated. And let me just tell you why we don't want to do things and why we do want to do things. We went over plenty of reasons why we wanted to do this or we don't want to do this should be more nuanced, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's not as black and white. It's not about like, oh, well, I, I spent a semester abroad and this is what they do in Europe. Okay, well, have you also seen the tax rate in Europe? <laughs> you know, there, there's, there's a lot of factors to consider here that, you know. Name, name one cool thing that you're buying right now at, at any place that comes from out of Germany. Like nothing. Yeah, exactly. Right? You're not buying anything other than a BMW or Audi or something like that. You're not buying many cool things that were invented in the last 20 years from Germany. That might be because innovation is stopping there, right? Okay, guys. Anything else, buddy? No, man. Cool. Wrap up. See ya.